0: Art of Spirituality podcast. This is your host, Myra. This podcast takes us on a journey to finding new ways of spirituality that can help us ascend to our higher self and be one with the universe. Hi friends, today we have Jose Mateo here with us and we're going to be talking about lucid dreaming and the messages that your dreams have for you. Hi Jose, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm so excited to start this episode because I have so many questions. I try to pay attention to the dreams, but sometimes it's not always fully there because I feel like I live in a high paced life that even if I write it down, like sometimes I don't even come back to it or things happen and I'm just like, I don't really pay attention and then things happen and I have to come back to the dreams and then like, oh, they did warn me about that and I didn't even listen to it and then I just flew past it. But I believe that... Um, a lot of things come to us when we're dreaming, and our higher self kind of warns us of things that are happening and I think that that's kind of like um a level that we could all achieve where we just pay attention to the dreams and move forward in our spirituality from there. so I'm excited me too Jose, can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey and how you actually came to study lucid dreaming?
1: Ah uh, yeah it uh. It's a good story. So growing up, uh, my mom's side, I've had people who do spiritual work. Uh, The one who's most profound, I would say, is my my aunt, my Titi Cruzita, rest in peace. She was what's known as a spirit walker. She would have clients and she would meet with them in the homes and she would be able to to walk between realms and, and give them uh, pertinent information about themselves and things that were going through and things that they were going to happen. Uh, so like, even for my mom, my my Titi Cruzita was able to tell her how many kids she would have, who they would be by and other details like that. And she's spot on. So about six years ago, I decided to start looking into the world of spirituality. Um, I've had like had a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of wonky things that could easily be explained away happen, but things that, you know, under under the surface are, are not 3D world things that we define as, you know. About two years into it, I had suffered a, a really nasty accident that left me with some pretty severe neurological trauma. This is to the point where the doctors had actually told me, that i only have a year to live to fix this it it was um for those who don't know lightning rods is a metal construct that hangs on top of a building and its job is to absorb and distribute power the inside of my head felt like there were a thousand of those going off at all times of the day i could touch the right side of my head and i could feel it on the left side i it like I would listen to meditation music, and when I would, it felt like a, a searing hot butter knife was going down the middle of my head. And it was, it was a very scary time because uh, an arm injury isn't as jarring as something that's in your brain. You An arm you can try to stretch out. I don't know of any real good stretches for the brain itself. At this point in time of my life I was I was at a fairly low point and um, when the doctors told me this, you know I had no insurance, I had no health care, I really had nothing and when you don't have these things, you really become bottom of the list priority for doctors and healthcare care providers in general.
0: unfortunately
1: unfortunately, right so the waiting the waiting list, to get a referral had already taken three months out of the year that I have, and it was going to be another two months before I could see anybody and who knows whatever before I can get surgery. And it was just, it was a lot. It, it just, it didn't feel right to sit here and gamble with the time I, that I had. I, I had to find another way. So i I looked into the world of spirituality a little further I, I looked up meditating different meditative techniques for the brain. I looked up binaural beats. I was playing binaural beats every single night trying to help stave off what was happening it's 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 like there's a dark cloud that's consistently around me and no matter what I could do it, it really wasn't working you know i i uh, I looked up Reiki healing. The ability for someone to to channel energy from themselves and around into you. And I thought that would be perfect. I could do that to myself, but I don't have seven months to go disappear to to Tibet or wherever I need to go to in order to learn this properly. Like this is a now situation. And I, I just looked up holistic dream methods. And lucid dream healing came on. And I thought to myself, that that is the most sci-fi thing in the world you're you're telling me that i can i can go to bed at night and i can wake up without the same thing that 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 has happened to me this 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 sounds insane but at the same time i literally have nothing left to lose so why would i object to the method if it doesn't work at least i tried it you know Right. I think that night, yeah, it was almost 4 months in. And you know, I'm counting every hour. I'm counting every day. I'm counting every second. Time is very precious at this point. My family knows nothing. You know, I was I was living with them and I I couldn't say anything. We we've we've there was just so much going on. I didn't want to burden anybody, you know? So I remember that night. Oh, man, I remember that night I was I was looking at the Amazon list that I had compiled, I had picked out Robert Wagner's second lucid dream book, Gateway to the Inner Self, and I had bought maybe five, six other books with that. And I remember thinking to myself, if this is like, if this is meant to be, I need a sign. I was in tears thinking this. If this is meant to be, I need a sign. It's either this, or, or there's no more Jose Luis Mateo. You know, there's I'm just not around anymore if if this is the journey that i'm meant to take then give me a sign and i, I hit proceed to checkout <laughs> and my total came out to be forty four forty four. oh wow and what yeah what astounds me is that how could five six books totaling between 15 to 20 something dollars a piece right how how could that come out to be and 44 cents. I can see the charges for everything, but the total doesn't make sense. And I, I remember wanting to take a, a screenshot of it so I could have it as irrefutable proof that I have a sign. But as I grabbed my phone, I just, something told me to, to leave it be like this, this is for you. This, this isn't for anybody else. This is for you and your journey and sure enough i i hit Control r to refresh the page and the total went up to almost 80 bucks
0: wow but it, it was just there just solely to give you that sign that you were looking for exactly like here here's your sign that's it and then you refreshed and it was like okay now i have to actually pay the
1: actual amount exactly yeah when, when that, yeah, I, I still had to pay the full. I, I remember only having like $100 to my name and spending 80% of it. I was like, oh God, please let this work. I don't want to die broke too. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Wagner's book came in and I just, I remember tearing through it. The, the first thing I wanted to do was, was, was read this book as fast as I can. I need to learn everything that I can do to get to that point of healing. So I, I I read up until that chapter, and in that chapter, a colleague of his named Ed Kellogg had actually introduced him to the aspects of lucid dream healing. Ed Kellogg had created a mantra, and the mantra is, by the power divine, heal this blank of mine. Now, we all know the power of mantras and the intent of the words, right? So these this this specifically strong sentence is meant to with your intent to bring out that healing power the the fun thing and the daunting thing about lucid dreaming is that the effect the technique whatever you're going to execute is only as effective as you let it be so with nothing left to lose but my life I really had no barriers surrounding it I remember reading Ed Kellogg uh, one of his colleagues had almost torn his ankle completely. Wow him like yeah he, he went into the doctor's office doctor told him it's gonna it's gonna be a while before you can do anything. So between that visit and the next, um, him this this guy and Ed Kellogg they became lucid one night and they, they both used a the mantra they, they met up in the dream world. And they both use the mantra on this guy's ankle. And the, the trick to it is that you can't try to make sense of how you're going to do it. You have to, you have to rely on the fact that you already have the information and you're just going to perceive it as it comes along. So for Ed, for Ed, when he was removing the damage, he saw it as nuts and bolts into a machine kind of thing, right? Like scrappy nuts and bolts, rusted nuts and bolts. So he removed those. And his friend perceived the damage in a different way as well. So even though the perceptions are different, the outcome was the same. Now he went went into his doctor's visit the next time. The doctor examined his ankle and he told him, it seems like someone squeezed 20 years of physical therapy into your leg since the last time I had seen you that was all that i needed to continue forward moving with faith is a task that not everyone is up to because reason will tell you why faith cannot back you up but but belief belief will bring out faith every single time so my first job was to become lucid and then do this i i I remember reading the chapter that this is not something you want to try until you have X amount of experience. But the Robert was also writing that your intent, you know, your subconscious constructs around the things you wholeheartedly believe and disbelieve will make or break what you're doing. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm, I'm not gonna waste any more time. So I the, the first night I became lucid, every it, it, there was no dreamscape. Everything around me was just black. And I was like, oh man, I'm dreaming. And I remember I remember being in there, I raised my hands and I jumped and when I landed, I was I was physically jumping out of my bed. Wow. At like four in the morning. Yeah. And I I was I wasn't I wasn't hurt that I, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. I was excited that I, I was able to open that door and retain consciousness throughout throughout the whatever seconds I was in there. The very next night, I became lucid. And I told myself it's it's now or never. This this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna retain my emotions. That's the thing about whenever you're lucid dreaming is if you become too emotionally charged, that goes right back to your body. And that'll just that'll ruffle your feathers enough to get you out of that dream cycle. You know on On average, humans wake up about 11 times throughout the night, whether we remember it or not. It's to adjust ourselves, you know, because just to make sure we're not dying or in a bad position or whatever. We wake up on average 11 times. So throughout the night, it's easier to get bumped out of that. But at this point in time, I'll never forget it. I put my hands diagonally in the air and I shouted out loud by the power divine, heal this brain of mine and this gorgeous luminescent glow of blue and white just fabricated out of nowhere and was circling around my hands i can feel this this warm energy and i i immediately put my hands to the side of my head and i intended to transfer that energy into my my head for my for my nervous system for for everything that was going on out in front of me pops a purple mannequin version of my face. From the face, these Hellraiser-like spikes came out. And that's what I had perceived to be the neurological damage that I had, because that's what I had been feeling this time, all these spikes. The accident was so intense. It was like someone kicked my sensitivity up to 11. I could feel my brain pulsating at different times of the day i can feel the blood vessels moving around i can feel the the neurons shooting down my brain you know the the sensitivity like my crown chakra and even anytime i tried to meditate i could feel it i could feel it get so dense and then flower open back to the dream i um these spikes had protruded out of my head and like i said i knew that represented the neurological damage so I focused harder on, on my head, and I could see in front of me that these spikes were just going down slowly, slowly, and slowly until they subsided into my head. And I woke up, and I haven't had the same issue since.
0: That's amazing.
1: What was supposed to be a, a, a one year on, on a proverbial death row ended up being my saving grace. That was, that was almost four years ago now.
0: And I'm sure that all the the energy that you built in order for you to heal yourself was all purely based on your faith, how much faith you had in your ability. Because like you mentioned, okay, you have the book, right? And the book is telling you, no, you have to wait X amount of time. And then you have to wait until expert level, blah, 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 blah. But you said, no, I have faith in myself. I'm going to do this. It's going to be the thing that I need. And that faith just push you through that. Yeah. And then obviously you seeing like a reflection of yourself um, giving you that energy. It's like your higher self giving you the ability to do so, because I I'm a true believer that everybody has it within themselves. Right. Like, yeah, you could start off as a beginner level and then going to being an expert. But this is things that you're learning as a human. But your spirit, your higher self, they they've been mastering these kind of things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know it's it's just like getting that connection with your higher self that is what you need to amplify what you need to learn is just that connection with your higher self because they know exactly what you need because they're you there it's just a higher higher um consciousness of you so I, I that's that's an amazing story we we as humans we always want that last resort like that that last token of faith, right like that last thing that you could do in order to actually do this
1: you want to hold out
0: i love that like you're you're full you're whole and what you experience is now bringing that perspective into a different reality because i'm sure all these people who had you know done all these books on dreams or whatnot they probably didn't experience what you experienced
1: they have levels for for the things they go through like in Robert Wagner's book that I was telling you about, I remember another woman. She was having period cramps so badly that she was going to have a hysterectomy. Wow! That's how bad her cramps were. Every 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 month she got them, she would call off of work, bedridden, could not move. And she learned about the lucid dream healing. So one night she she went she went to sleep. She put her hands on her stomach, you know where where her fun bits are and she just she said the mantra and since that day she hasn't had any pains to speak of she's got to keep everything that makes her her and 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 she she's been able to just walk around freely now so it's it's really amazing the amount of things you can do within the dream world and i think the biggest issue with people and believing, right? Validating these claims is that for people, a dream is just that. It's, it's just a dream. It's just a short episode, a series of episodes, maybe something I don't even remember throughout the night. And I wake up and I just continue on with my life. So I've, I've, I've had issues where like, I met a guy at a bar and he told me he's been lucid dreaming for 10 years and all the insane things he's done with it. And, um, he was walking really funny. He had a tear that never got, it it never got taken care of. So it's, it's just a part of him now, you know, and he's, he's got this funny walk and I'm like, this is right after doing what I did. So I, I, I pitched the idea to him and I hadn't seen anybody that mad in a while (laughs) because to, to validate, to validate what I'm claiming means to also validate that you didn't try hard enough to learn. That's how some people take it.
0: That's very true.
1: So when, when you try to pitch these ideas, uh, I used to work Lyft and I have, like, I have a little open dashboard thing right above my glove box. I would keep my lucid dream books in there as a conversational piece to start up with people. Older people have a very tough time assimilating to the idea that you can be conscious while you're asleep because that also means they have to realize they spent that third of their life not there. They have to realize that. So there, there are a lot of factors that will stop people from even coming close to entertaining the idea. So like for a while, I was I was running around like one of those nineteen twenties newspaper boys. Extra, extra! I saved me life. Like, like, I'm running around and I'm trying to pass out the information as best as I can because, like, people die every day. You have cancer. Okay, cool. Let's go to bed and let's figure this out. How how insane does that sound? It, it would sound. It would sound. It would be more easier to ingest if I had said. I have a spiritual worker with me who's going to heal you on site. They charge X amount of money. But if you like the 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 weird thing about the world now is if you offer free information, it's as easily thrown away as it was handed out because there's there's no gravitas, there's no weight given to it. You know what I'm saying? Like for them, it's just like, wow, this guy must have done a lot of drugs to sit here and ramble on about healing himself in a in a dream like <laughs>
0: And, and you know what? The, the funny thing is that I, usually when I'm under a lot of stress, I tend to sleep a lot. At some point in my life, that used to be an issue because it was like, oh, you're not addressing the issues that you're actually facing. But what I used to tell myself, like, no, most of the time when I get a full night rest, I wake up and I find the solution magically because I used to think it was just the rest. But now I'm understanding that it's probably like a way that I probably spoke to my higher self or, or something, um, the messages came through when I was sleeping and then I was able to actually do such a thing. Too long ago, I actually looked up what, obviously, one, for this interview and two, for the fact that I myself try to pay a lot of attention to the actual dreams that I actually have. And a lot of the times you get a lot of downloads when you're sleeping, Because it's like you said, there's no distraction because you could get all these um, angel numbers and get all these messages from your spirit guides and your higher source and your higher self. Like you said, it's white noise. It's like you're not really getting it because you're moving too fast in the 3D world. Or i like to say 3D world because that's kind of like the best way people could understand what I'm actually talking about. Mm -hmm. So we move so fast that we miss those things. But when you're dreaming, it's like especially when you have a nightmare, you, you tend to remember the nightmare because you're like, oh, snap. Like I had that um, anxiety in the dream and it, it so happened to be, like you said, like my boss or or like someone significant in my actual life. And then you start like breaking it down.
1: The thing about nightmares, the thing about dreams in general, when we go through our waking world. That's what I like to call it the, you know, when we're up, when we're awake. When we're going through our waking life, we ingest so much data, but we only really perceive about 10% of it. If, if you were to go outside, if you had a gangway on the side of your house, and you were to go from one side to the other, walking normally, you, you're going to miss out on so many things. You're going to miss out on the, the pace of your step. How your feet are uh, caressing against the ground when they make contact, your arms when they sway, your, your, the wind against your eyelashes, right? If you were to try to walk back and you were to think about the last big argument you had and you were to pay attention to the wind caressing the side of your hands as you walked and you were to pay attention to every little speck of dust you may have on your glasses, if you were to open up your consciousness to everything, you are not going to be able to walk in a straight line because you've just opened up the floodgates to everything and your brain is having trouble processing this all. So you, on a a mentally molecular level, you dictate, we'll call that the subconscious, right? The baseline of the subconscious. You dictate what is pertinent information and what isn't. You dictate that the issues that have been bugging you for months are, are not worth dealing with right now. You dictate all these other things that don't get dealt with, and they all go in the same dumping ground, which ends up being the dream world. The, the dream world isn't as simplistic as a dream world. It's actually the mental realm of existence where thought becomes form by intent and is perceived by you. So, this ninety percent that seems like white noise finds itself in 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 everything that you do it it'll it'll just pop up in your dreams. You might have a nightmare, and you might you like it might seem so surreal to you because of the issues involving the nightmares are some are things that you've already gone through so many times that your consciousness is gonna ingest that more, so you're gonna wake up with the sweats you're gonna wake up like you have that falling dream you're gonna <gasps> you're gonna wake up out of the bed and and touch your chest real quick just to just to make sure somehow you didn't you didn't nose die off the top of a skyscraper you know like your your subconscious is making up the things that you go through and carl Jung, i uh, I remember you speaking about him I think on your first podcast episode and that's how that's when i was like i like her
0: <laughs> thanks
1: Carl young Carl young has four major archetypes that have been broken down into 12 minor archetypes these 12 are what i'm what i'm focused on because they represent different aspects of you so for instance the innocent the innocent archetype, right? It's going to exhibit happiness, goodness, optimism, safety, romance, and youth. If you're the kind of person who exudes that kind of innocence, if you're a happy-go-lucky person, if you're optimistic, if you're if you you know you have the safety, you have the romance, and you're feeling the the vivaciousness of youth, then your dreams that have the innocent archetype are going to be expressed via the scenery. Whether it be an item or the entire scenery itself or a dream figure. Now, the dream figure or the scenery representing the innocent, since you are in tune with that part of yourself, is going to be more of a benevolent and beneficial dream. Let's say, let's say you are the kind of person who is mad at people who embody the characteristic of the innocent. Let's say happy people make you more negative because you can't perceive how they could be happy in a world where you're so negative. Your dreams involving romance, involving happiness, goodness, optimism, those are all going to be more catastrophic. Those are all going to ex- they're they're going to express themselves more violently. They're going to come at you in a different way. They're not going to be buddy buddy with you. These aspects of you are furious. These, these, this subconscious you, the higher self of you, has all these broken pieces that you have laying around. And the only way you can build that higher self is by assimilating everything back into yourself.
0: I do have a dream that I have had recently that I did want to share with you. I'm in the bathroom getting ready and putting on my makeup and behind me is like a clone of me and that clone is all dressed up hair done but she's in in like you know a suit and the things that i wear for work or whatnot so she's in work clothes and i'm terrified like i'm so terrified that i'm like screaming to my husband there's something here and she looks like me and that's not me because she doesn't have no facial expression. I felt like it was a clone of me, but it was like a a clone of me that was not really me. It was more robotic, more cold, more not essentially who I am. And But I was very terrified. I was terrified. And that's all I could remember of the dream. So it was like, a little clip of me seeing myself in work clothes and being such a person or whatnot and me being terrified of it what do you take on that
1: i like this dream because even though it might have seemed like a quick 10 second thing to you it actually speaks a lot uh, about you we can label this other this other you we can label this person as, where is it? The every man, the everyday, the every Joe person, right? The everyday average Joe who goes around and just goes through life. The, the person who doesn't have happiness, the person who's automated in the responses, the person who goes to work, goes home, watches TV, eats food, goes to bed, gets up and do it again. This is a very vanilla life compared to the one that you're now building. And this archetype has confronted you directly. It doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing because you you have to look at the construct of of who corporate Myra is. Corporate Myra has to adhere to rules. Corporate Myra can't express herself the way that she wants to. Corporate Myra has to draw her colors with black and white or draw her paintings with black and white. But... Spiritual Myra can choose whatever color she pleases. Spiritual Myra is full of love and light. Spiritual Myra is terrified of slipping back into something that trades financial safety for a lifelong of servitude.
0: How accurate is that?
1: Yeah I can completely understand that that you're you're building this new person and your old life feel some kind of way towards you. You're, you're, this, this part of you is expressing itself. Now, had you become fully lucid in the dream, you could have seen this figure. You could have asked it, what about me do you represent? What do you represent to me? What message do you have for me? And this archetype will tell you. This archetype will tell you exactly what they represent and the messages they have for you there is another um chapter that i read through robert wagner i'm going to keep calling back to that first book cuz that first book is was like my bible you know um, he talks about dream trauma therapy and the ability to tackle the issues that you have you see, people have therapists i used to have a therapist as a kid i had a plethora of of issues growing up You know, I I had what we would label a very hard life and I had a therapist and nothing really got resolved because, you know, it's, it's personally, I don't like therapists because I don't feel like they're ever really there to help. I feel like they're just there to mitigate symptoms. I feel like, um, I feel, I feel every night you are your own therapist. You just, you just don't listen to it. You, You don't know how to listen to it. It seems like to develop the skill to listen to yourself takes too much time and and dealing with these issues you might not have time for these issues right but the thing about these issues is that is that they have all the time in the world for you these issues sit inside of you and they fester and they grow they they grow the energy that you give to these archetypes when you worry and when you do everything else you actually feed consciousness into these archetypes if you remember in some dreams you may have had you may have had a figure approach you that can speak perfect intelligible english you might you might have had another archetype that has popped up and has was screaming like the sand people from star wars you you have no idea what they're trying to say you know they're just they're just in your face and you can't make head, heads or tails of these things so through dream trauma therapy you can you can make sense of this right uh, the the thing about dealing with your issues is that even though you talk about it and you accept it that they happen and everything else you still have an energetic attachment to these issues no therapist unless they have energy energy training and they know how to do things with their body and with the energy around them no therapist is going to help you completely break those cycles and reabsorb that energy these these archetypes, these figures, like I said, they, they get energy. They create their own consciousness. So in reading this and reading up on this, I thought to myself, I want to try this. This is possibly the most terrifying thing, but why not? I have a lot of childhood trauma. I've already saved my life. What's the what what's the harm in going back and looking at the things I've been through? So one night, I set the intent to to confront all—not some, not a fraction, but the entirety of my childhood trauma. I wanted to just knock it out of the park. I, I was, I was, I was shooting for for the stars, and it, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a lot. I, I became lucid. I was standing outside of a home, and there was just this little adorable boy. Because I damn sure wasn't ugly. But he was just this little adorable boy playing playing around. And I used to love playing in the dirt, getting all dirty. And I, I see this kid. And I look around. And all there is is this kid. The dirties playing in outside the house. The house itself. And everything else is just a vast whiteness. As if my higher self, look, buddy, you want it. You got it. So I, I approached the little me. And he immediately just, like, he's just, he's all over the place. He's super fun. He's just, he's just enjoying himself. But when he did that, I was filled with rage. I was filled with malice. I was filled with how I viewed myself as a kid and how I perceived others viewing me as a kid. I had... I had some very heavy ADHD growing up and not a lot of people really wanted to deal with me because I'm running around all the time. I'm always talking. I'm always thinking, I'm always making random noises, you know, in the background and just running off and doing everything. So when I, when I saw this kid, that's immediately how I felt was all the frustration I had growing up. And, and like I said, how, how others perceived me. So immediately I, I, tore the kid in half I, I yelled at him I called him names he cried I just he ran inside of the house and I like I went from being what I call level five lucid into going into level four level five for me is the ability to make full cognizant decisions for me to consciously say I'm gonna walk down here and I'm gonna talk to this person and i'm gonna I'm gonna consciously be aware of everything I had lost. A level of lucidity because I slipped in and succumbed to the emotions that I was feeling instead of separating myself and analyzing them. See what I'm saying? The architects from the arch the archetype from all the energy that I had poured into it and all of this self hate and the self loathing it it all just it boomed. And when that kid ran back inside, I was like, "Man, that was that was terrible. I I can't believe." I would treat a child, let alone a small version of me like that. Like, I'm here for a reason. And out from this, a figure that I, that I would say represents my mom burst it through the door in a, in a black dress and like this, this black veil on her face, covering up her face. I know it wasn't my mom specifically, but the archetypes and the, the mental constructs that I have surrounding who I would call a protector. Right? So this protector was in my face yelling at me about harassing her son and about doing this and doing that. Like I I was whew, I was beside myself for a second. And I remembered I remembered as if I was looking at the chapter. The best way to deal with the dream trauma therapy in these figures is to hold the figure and tell them you accept them with unconditional love. And that's exactly what I did. This figure that represented my mom, she was in the middle of scare, screaming at me. I just, I hugged her and I said, I accept you with unconditional love. And she hugged me back and she just, she dissipated into this light pink and purple energy and it just faded back into my body. And a lot of the issues that I've had with my mom or with the people who I would label as my protectors or anybody that I would, call an authority figure. Those issues subsided that night. Those issues took care of themselves that very same night. I remember waking up and thinking about the the stuff that I went through as a kid. And I'm just like, I'm I'm thinking about it abstractly. Like I don't have a connection to it. It's it's a, a third person view. Like, wow, I went through some things, but I'm here now. It, it's 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 not the same so anybody really anybody suffering from um reoccurring nightmares anybody suffering from any kind of mental instability people who are consistently berating themselves and putting themselves down and and don't know how to do things people who are like me who have just in, invested way too much energy into the negative now have a choice to to find a reprieve within themselves I don't have to go out and give some doctor or somebody my deepest darkest secrets and develop some kind of codependency because you now know things about me that no one else knows I can keep that to myself I value my own privacy and I value other people's privacy when it i I've, I've done I've done one or two dream healing trauma sessions with people where I've like walked them through it. And the the biggest part is in fighting yourself and, and, and in believing yourself.
0: I think that uh, a lot of the things that you mentioned, you obviously brought up like you actually doing physical therapy on yourself, but also doing um, help with your, your actual emotions and your traumas. But the fact that you brought up the whole childhood thing and, Right now, I know a lot of people are trying to um, address the issues that they dealt with as a child. And the fact that you brought it up as like a third person aspect, I think that's the best way that you could actually kill. People think of dreams and they only think of like the scientific portion of it where you dump all of your, what you went through in your day and your brain is just sorting it out. So whatever gets left out, that's what you're dreaming.
1: It's just a slideshow, yeah. You know.
0: It is right, exactly. But spiritually it is still that slideshow, but what's left behind get gets left behind what you're actually seeing in your dream is the things that don't fit within the slots don't fit within the personality that you have or within your views and it's like struggling to get through and be sorted off into the memory stage or your personality or whatever the case is. So essentially it's not even so far from the scientifical um, explanation of dreams. So I'm sure that, that all these things that you have discovered in your dreams and the abilities, obviously your what you have learned have led you to have an interpretation of dreams and how dreams could help others. So, I know you're working on a couple of projects. This is your contribution to society to bring in your interpretation of what dreams mean and the things that you could actually do with dreams. Because until this episode, I only knew that dreams were just listening to your subconscious through your actual dream. Now I know that go to sleep and actually do a whole bunch of therapy and feel feel myself because I tell myself like I I've always wanted to visit a therapist but I feel like if I go visit a therapist I'm gonna end up in asylum
1: yeah (laughs) I hear voices oh god
0: I feel like I'm gonna end up in asylum so (laughs) I'm kind of a little bit afraid of that portion of it um where I'm going to sit there and she's not going to or he is not going to understand exactly what I'm talking about and just look at me crazy like no you kind of have a couple of screws in your brain that are not set on right
1: but it's they're not set on right because because that that's for the viewpoint of how they perceive the world the the thing about therapists there there are even therapists who who do, do dream work. They do dream work therapy with other people. I I've met a couple on the uh the lucid dream forums that I go on every now and again. And even these these uh psycho dream therapists, they still do things in chunks. They still do things little by little. They're they're really just applying how they mitigate symptoms and handle treatment into the waking world into the dream world. And it might be slightly ben- slightly more beneficial. But, you know, if I drink a gallon of water or a cup of water inside the house and I drink another cup of water outside the house, the only difference is the temperature and the fact that I'm not inside the home. You see what I'm saying? So if like you're you're having the therapist really just have you focus on on more simplistic as, uh, aspects this dream that you had right where you were confronted by corporate myra and spiritual myra was, was spiritual myra was terrified of this person had you had assimilated this figure into your being when you had gone back to work it would have just been how do i conduct myself now like, the, the energy that you have, the frustrating days that you've had, the hesitation, the doubts, the crying sessions in the bathroom, whatever you've gone through at work, all, like I said, all that energy is poured in to several different cups. And the, these, the, there's a consciousness that is birthed from these. They, they can speak for themselves. Had you, like I said, had you assimilated it, you, you would go back to work and you would feel like you're there on your very first day. You, your boss might come and try to bring up the same issue that you've had with them in the past or a coworker might, do, might try to do the same thing. And even though you've already gone through it, it's going to seem like new information. And you're going to be able to choose how much you let it affect you because that's like the only control we have is really how, how we affect ourselves or how, what, what we let happen from ourselves, right? Everything else is, is, is influence, I can go around you and I, I can act like a fool all day. You can either choose to ignore me or you can choose to get mad because I'm around you. The the, the difference is is how much, how much energy are you putting into it?
0: Right. Well, now I'm kind of regretting that I, I didn't know this information. Otherwise, I would have had confronted her. If I would have had confronted her, that person of me could have still been functional and could have still done the work that it entails to do what I do. But it would have been approached differently. It wouldn't have had affected me as as much as it does. But what are the things that that you feel? Obviously you you healed yourself, you gone through um you gone through your traumas and you've dealt with your traumas, but in your personal life, how has that reflected on you? How have how has it changed since you've been aware that you have this ability and you have this tool to to move along life?
1: I've I've been absolutely just bewildered at the amount of things that we can do and how much little information is there if if dream if lucid dream trauma therapy healing was a thing right where it was it was news it was a big thing if there was a if there was like a starbucks on every corner version of a place where, by by the way, for for you and for the listeners, lucid dreaming is not only entailed to just nighttime dreaming. Daydreaming is also a form of dreaming. There is a another form of dreaming called liminal dreaming, and there are even techniques to do twenty four hour lucid dreaming. This 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 dream world, this dream world is within yourself through heavy states of meditation and other forms, you sleeping, you know, other ways you can access this part of you, this inside of you, this, this, this aspect of you. And we talked about higher self earlier and the fact that there is a vast sea of knowledge that the higher self has. We all, we all have access to that. Um, within Robert's second book, I had also learned about dream communication—the the ability to fall asleep and speak to you in my dream. They they've they've developed scientific methods to do this. What we could you could fabricate your trauma in the area, and I and I in my lucid state could help walk you through it. There's just in learning that you're able to communicate with somebody other than shouting or using a cell phone or, or using hand signs or something, the ability to speak. Because when, when you think about it, you're you're not, you're not vocally speaking in the dream world. You're perceiving the things that you go through. You're perceiving fright. You're perceiving wind blowing. You're perceiving you taking steps. All of these things are perceptions that are automatically constructed by, by a, a version of you that I call the energy body. Now, when you're born, you're born with two halves, your physical half and your energy body. We spend our entire lives growing up physically. We develop our brain. We become, you know, who we are and who we deem ourselves to be. But we never really focus on the development of the energy body. We never really focus on this body that can traverse between different realms, uh, a body, uh, 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 an essence that can astral project, an essence that can visit people, an essence that can talk to the dead, an essence that can exist outside of what we've qualified as the waking world, the waking reality. We We have an energy body that is almost a small, amorphous blob, and when we don't when we go through our day and we thumb through Instagram and Facebook and we spend all this time solely focusing on noise and just canceling out other things then in our in our in our dream world we recreate all these things we recreate so many things that 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 are relatable but foreign because we've been through the experience, but we don't know how to quantify the experience. We don't know how to validate the experience. So it just becomes a weird dream. You know, it, it, it doesn't have more weight than that. So you, you, you fling energy recklessly. You 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 do all these things recklessly. The
0: more that we push to bring this awareness, the more that it's going to be developed. You know, like the more that you put your, your stone into into the ground for a path to be made then the next person is going to level up and then put the other stone and so on and so forth and then we're just going to achieve that enlightenment because we all contribute to that little stone in the road, right so you want to elaborate on the projects that you're working on right now
1: absolutely the first one is called rediscovering our first singularity point is the title of My first book, the second one is an advanced dream journal. Rediscovering Our First Singularity Point is the title to my book. We're we're going back 40,000 years from now, right? The entire world had discovered psychedelics. Soon after that, languages are being developed. Civilizations are being erected. Buildings are being made. Pottery, artistry, the, the world over is blossoming. But the thing about psychedelics is that if you're not altering your mindset during it, you're only further engraving who you are. You're embedding that that baseline into yourself. Psych- psychedelics make you do the same thing the lucid dreaming does. It puts everything in an abstract third third party form, and you feel you feel things in droves when you when you're on psychedelics, like. So if you're happy on psychedelics, you're blissfully elated. If you're mad on psychedelics, you are in a rage. And if you're sad, you are a full-blown depressed person. So these psychedelics were were brought, and we had shamans and priestesses that that were being made, and they were able to determine different things that would happen, right? Because, Because they had no glass ceiling, because they had no one to tell them the things that they were doing weren't what we were supposed to be doing since they weren't shunned by society for it. Or I'm sure they weren't on their own level, but since it wasn't like our level of oppression today, they were able to do so much more. We, We have a very, very small understanding about how technology was, and that's because we try to make sense of their technology and how it would fit into our world or how our logic applies to their technology, and it doesn't. It doesn't. You can yell at me in Spanish all day. I only speak a little bit of it. I'm just going to think you're just screaming at me. You know what I mean? Like, I, It's going to be unintelligible noise after a while. So these people took these psychedelics. And a lot of the people throughout the world are still stuck in the conquer stage. So what happens? They start conquering. Slaves. You got people being taken over. People being massacred. You have all these terrible things happening throughout the world. Some pockets of places found enlightenment. Tibet is one of them. And the lost city of Z in the Amazon is another one. There there were some explorers that had went into the Amazon rainforest way back when. And they thought to themselves, we're going to look for human life here. But there's no way this human life can be viable because of the way the Amazon forests are, how big the mosquitoes are. The mosquitoes themselves were dropping the explorers. That's how they thought to themselves. There's no way that life here is, is, is viable. It's not sufficient. It isn't capable of happening. But actually what they found were ancient civilizations... And unlike every civilization in the world, these civilizations had no forms of weaponry that could be found. These people found a way to exit the conquer stage. These people found ways to trade information and trade gifts and trade things with each other. They had a benevolent society versus the world we live in today. If if you look at it as a whole, we grew up a little bit and we immediately entered an abusive relationship with the world my my book talks about rediscovering our first singularity point and going back to this point where we discovered we had no glass ceiling because we didn't even know what a glass ceiling was and now now we have all these barriers that we try to shove it, everything into and if it doesn't fit it gets tossed out but if you just dismantle that barrier, you'll find that a lot more information around you is way more applicable than what you think it is. And that's what my that's what my book does. My book helps you break down who you are. It helps you analyze yourself. I have step-by-step lists of, of how to get from from letting everything weigh you down every day to, to being free and unencumbered. I talk about Uh, proper wording in my dreams. I talk about different kind of experiments that I've done in my dreams. The second one is an advanced dream journal. The advanced dream journal covers a full breakdown of your dreams. It's not just, it's not just this happened in my dreams and I feel this way about it. Okay, I wrote it down. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go on to my next thing. It actually has a systematic step-by-step breakdown of everything involving in the dream so you can further understand yourself or even other entities that are speaking to and through you within that dream world. It's it's not just a write down how you write down what happened and draw a picture of it. I'm I'm doing my best to redefine the term dream world in itself because like I said before, it's it's not just a regular schmegular dagular dream world. It's 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 a world in which our our thought, our intent is like it's given life. It's given form. It's a world that we can retreat within ourselves and still communicates everybody else. Which means we're all connected. I, this this book is called Rediscovering Our First Singularity Point because I believe we are at that point in time where science and spirituality can meet hand in hand and work wonderfully together. Like I said, the the study of semantics alone proves that there are other things around that we don't know. But we have to stop. We have to stop shifting and shaping what we're learning to fit with what we know we just need to forget about what's around us and we need to take everything in as 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 new
0: do appreciate everything that you brought to the episode
1: anyone listening is more than willing or more than ready more than able whatever you want to say to contact me i am here to help lead and to help guide don't ever feel off about seeking help
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jose. Once again, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Share this episode with someone who's on their spiritual journey. And if you guys would like to see more spiritual content in the description below, there's a link where you guys could go straight to my Instagram and straight to my TikTok. Make sure to follow both because in both platforms, I have different content. So make sure to follow both. Once again, thank you guys for listening and have a great one.